Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends, or whatever time of the day it is as you listen to this podcast. Appreciate you joining us, as always. Jeremiah chapter 20 today, talking about uh, a bit about spiritual schizophrenia and introduced that term yesterday. We all suffer from it at times, uh, up up at the top, trusting God, God is good, uh, God is in charge, and I'm his servant, down at the bottom, what woe is me, what's happening, I quit. And Jeremiah went through those swings several times in his ministry, most notably, we saw it uh, just the last couple of days. Look at verse number number 11 of our text, where Jeremiah has just said, hey, I made up my mind, I quit, I'm not going to talk about God, talk about his word, but then I heard people mocking me and mocking God. And it was just something in me, the word of God in me, burning in me, and I just had to say something. I couldn't let that pass, that the internal commitment to God and his word exceeded the external pressures, and I just had to do something about it. What a great testimony. Look at verse number 11, but the Lord is with me. So here's the spiritual schizophrenia, right? Jeremiah, just a, a couple of verses ago, is I quit. I'm not talking about God, but now the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. And understand in the old English, terrible here doesn't mean terrible as in bad, but terrible as in awesome and, and mighty. He's the mighty, terrible one, the Bible says. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. So what helps Jeremiah deal with these critics? What helps Jeremiah deal with these people defaming him, mocking him, trying to trip him up, waiting for him to fall, judging his testimony, all the things about which we spoke Yesterday, what what helps Jeremiah? What helps Jeremiah is, is to get his eyes not on the critic. Sometimes when we're criticized, when we're being misrepresented, when people are being pharisaical, it's very easy for us to look at them. It's very easy for us to try to answer word for word, argument for argument, but that's a, a tired road. And what Jeremiah does is he just gets his eyes off his problem, off his critics, and on his God. God, you're awesome. God, you're big and your word is true. And when Jeremiah got his eyes off of the critic, off of that cantankerous coworker, off of that that uh, that bitter church member, off of that whatever, the, the, whoever that person is in your life, when Jeremiah got his eyes off of them, and his eyes onto God, then he saw the situation much differently. Do you see it? Verse number 10, he says, uh, verse number 11, rather, he says, my persecutors shall stumble. They're waiting for me to stumble. They're, they're going to be the ones that stumble. They're not going to prevail. 
They're going to be ashamed. They want me to be ashamed. They're going to be ashamed. And watch this. They're not going to prosper. Their everlasting confusion will not be forgotten. No, I'm going to look at this situation not through the lens of the now and now, but I'm going to look at the situation through the lens of eternity. And when we look back at these episodes, when we look back at this situation, then what's going to happen is they're going to be noted as in, in the in the lens of eternity as the ones that were confused, the ones that stumbled, the ones that were wrong. And now think about that. Here we are 2,700 years later, right? In a continent that had not even been discovered when Jeremiah was preaching this message. And we're talking about this. Now, Jeremiah was the only one standing here. He was in great confusion. He was ready to quit. The enemies were in the majority. They were the ones that were lashing out. They were the ones that were giving the tongue lashing. And yet Jeremiah said, as I look at this through the lens of God's sovereignty, God's power, God's word, then I see that they are the ones that will fare that will not fare well in light of eternity. Now, I know that we're not millions of years removed from this passage yet, but we're 2,700 years removed. And when we look back at this passage, we're all cheering for Jeremiah. We're all talking about Jeremiah. We don't even know the names of most of these people. We know Pasher and a couple of other names, but we don't even know them. The point is that this was literally fulfilled. Jeremiah's encouragement of seeing the Lord and the eternal scope of his power. Look at verse number 12. But, O Lord of hosts, I love that title for God, Lord of the armies, the Lord in charge, the Lord of the battle, the Lord who wins, the victorious Lord. But, uh, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous and seeth the reins, the rain, that, that's our decision-making, our intentions, our heart. That's the, the seat of our affection. Let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. Wow. So Jeremiah has a great perspective. God, you're awesome. Eternity's on my side. And Lord, in these situations, what you're doing is you're testing me. You're trying me. You're seeing what's on the inside of me. You're helping me to see me. You're helping me to learn things about myself that I didn't even know. Do you know that's what happens in your life? When God allows these painful trials to occur in our lives, when we become rejected of others and and lied about, it really shows us things about ourselves that God knows but he's allowing it so that we can see things about ourselves that perhaps we didn't know. So God, you're trying me. You're helping me to see why I do things, what's at the core of my decision-making. And Lord, ultimately, I'm asking that you would deal with this, right? Uh, The Bible says, let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. God, I'm taking this situation and I'm handing it over to you. Lord, I want them to see your vengeance. I, it's Vengeance is, belongs to you. Lord, there's some things I want to do. There's some things I want to say. There's some things I want to happen. 
Uh, there's a timing, uh, a timetable that I want to follow, but Lord, I'm going to leave this in your time and according to your anger. That's exactly what he said at the end of chapter number 18. So Jeremiah's reiterating in these trials some of the important lessons he's learning about timing, about who 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 judgment belongs to. Uh, these are the same lessons. Look at verse number 13. Sing unto the Lord. Well, this, it just gets better and better. Lord, I've given this to you. Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, I'm seeing this from eternal perspective. Sing unto the Lord. Now Jeremiah is encouraging others to praise that God. Sing unto the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. For he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of evildoers. But God be praised. God did this work in my life. Sing with me. Now, I don't know how many were willing to sing with him. I don't know what kind of choir Jeremiah assembled, but Jeremiah is on the top side. Jeremiah is, 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 has encouraged himself and the Lord as David did in 1 Samuel chapter number 30. This is all so good. But can I remind you of something? Spiritual schizophrenia. Because just as Jeremiah is emerging from this and seeing God's hand and getting a glimpse of eternity and handing over vengeance to God himself, it belongs to you anyway, encouraging others, sing with me, God is great. Watch how the chapter concludes. Verse number 14, Jeremiah says, cursed be the day wherein I was born. But this sounds like a different guy. I wish I were never born. This sounds like Job. Let not the day wherein my mother bear me be blessed. Boy, no one should ever celebrate my birthday. My birthday should be a, a national day of mourning. <laughs> Think about what he's saying. My birthday, by the way, is September 9-11 is my birthday. Look at verse number 15. Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, a man child is born unto thee, making him very glad. You know, cursed be the person that came out in that hospital waiting room and said, it's a boy. Cursed be that man. I should have never been born. I wish I were never born. Look at verse number 16. Let that man be as the cities which the Lord overthrew and repented not. Let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noontime, because, noontide, because he slew me not from the womb. It would have been better off if I had been stillborn. It would have been better off if I had just died before I had ever come out of my mother's womb or that my mother might have been my grave. My mother might have been my grave. It would have been better had I died in the womb of my mother and her womb to be always great with me. What? What is Jeremiah saying? Especially in light of the fact that God in Jeremiah chapter one had said specifically to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I was there. I was forming you. I was shaping you. The great passage in Psalm 139, where David said, Lord, you know my downsitting. You know my uprising. Lord, you know everything about me. You formed me according to your blueprint, according to your book. When I was in the lowest part of the earth, when I was in my mother's womb, when no one else saw me, no one else knew what I would look like, no ultrasounds back in those days, no 4D imaging. Lord, you knew everything about me. And Jeremiah knows that. And Jeremiah is saying, yeah, Lord, you made a mistake with me. It would have been better off for me 
had I never been born. And that's the problem with trials. The problem with trials sometimes is because of their pain, they make us think very selfishly. Like it would have been better for me had I never been born. And yet God is using Jeremiah in such a great and profound way. He's one of the heroes of the faith. But Jeremiah can't see it in the moment. All I can see is I'm living in pain and would have been better off had I never been here in the first place. Look at verse number 18. Wherefore came I forth out of the womb to see labor and sorrow? When we're in depression, that's all we can see. Yeah, all I do is work and cry. That's all I do is work and cry. All I do is work and cry. Nothing good ever happens to me. Jeremiah is just having a full-on pity party here. Now, we've seen Jeremiah happy and encouraged. We've seen, we've seen him singing. Matter of fact, we just saw it a few verses ago. And yet in the moment here, he's just verbalizing his depression. The Bible says, out of the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame. You know, when we take counsel of our circumstances, we see a very bleak picture. When we stop taking counsel of the word of God in us and start taking counsel of the, of the circumstances and the people around us, we come to conclusions like these. So is it not interesting that when the word of God was burning in him and he took counsel of that, then he was saying things like, God, you're awesome and God, you're in charge and eternity will tell the full story and we can sing to God. That's what the word of God produces in our life. But when we get our eyes on people and on their criticism and on the majority and on all, then we see it, woe is me and I'm just... I should have never been born and my life's a mess and nothing good ever happens. You know, it really is a matter of your starting point. Are you looking out there or are you looking right here in the word of God, looking right up there at the God who loves you and is in control? That's it. Chapter number 20. We'll jump into a brand new chapter next episode. And uh, I know that many of you will be here for that. I appreciate that. We'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.